We will stand on principle, or we will not stand at all. Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Principal Discord. This time, uh, we welcome Juliette Marie Somerset. Uh, Juliette, thank you very much for being here. So Juliette is uh, the founder of Somerset Capital, uh, amongst other things. Uh, maybe tell, tell us a little bit more about yourself and the other activities you're also involved in, the things you're focusing on at the moment. Uh, thank you, uh, Thierry. Um, as you said, I'm Juliette Marie, uh, French Juliette Marie, and uh, I'm here in Silicon Valley, where I have lived and worked for the past 18 years. Um, I, I started my career on Wall Street in New York City as an investment banker for Credit Suisse, and uh, that was quite a successful career. Uh, I left Credit Suisse to start my own investment um, company in New York City. And uh, so I have a strong investment uh, background. Uh, when I moved to California, I realized that uh, the financial district of San Francisco is not Wall Street at all. <laughs> so I, I had a career pivot. I thought, here I am in Silicon Valley, the San Francisco Bay Area, the hub of innovation and tech. And I use my investment and business expertise to launch a company, Somerset Capital, which focuses on three things, advising early stage entrepreneurs, mentoring early stage entrepreneurs and investing. Um, either helping them with their funding rounds, um, usually it's C, Series A, Series B um, funding rounds. And the focus is really on three essential areas. The first is the blockchain technology space with crypto and, uh, and the um, blockchain technology and FinTech, of course. The third is machine learning, robotics. And the final area for focus is social impact. And when I say social impact, it's not um, nonprofits, it's companies that are tech companies, but the solutions and the platforms they're building will impact a billion people or more. And if if a startup Terry, is having an impact on over, over 1 billion people, it's likely building a unicorn. Yeah, sure. So, so what are your top uh, three professional goals of uh, 2021, end of it to 2022, I would say? Well, for the top three goals of this year was number one, rebounding after the pandemic, the global mm -hmm. pandemic. So, so a lot of 2021 was rebounding, recalibrating. And that's one, and I, I feel I'm on track with that goal. The, the second goal was to get engaged with the 
social impact community in Stockholm. Um, we launched our first social impact accelerator at the Norskin uh, Foundation, which has a, is a foundation, it's a, a VC fund, and it's also an accelerator program for global entrepreneurs. Uh, that was this summer, great, great success. 20 of the most amazing tech founders. And the third is with CV Labs in Zook in Crypto Valley. Last year, we had hopes of bringing in a batch of blockchain technology entrepreneurs. And because of the pandemic, that was po postponed. Um, but in a way, it was a good postponement because it allowed us to put together an even stronger, better, and more uh, impactful program for these blockchain entrepreneurs. And let's see, later this week, we launched that batch, batch three. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited about mentoring and helping to support these uh, global blockchain technology entrepreneurs in Crypto Valley. So what do you see for next year, 2022? Next year for 2022, I see, I see a lot of activity happening around cryptocurrencies and the crypto space. Mm -hmm. I think what happened in 2021 with Coinbase having its IPO earlier this year, all of a sudden, the whole view about um, Bitcoins and, and that crypto was just radically changed. Uh, I remember about seven years ago here in Silicon Valley and the Bay Area, you couldn't say the word Bitcoin, crypto, Ethereum. You had to whisper it because it was like, you can't say that. <laughs> and I remember uh, my partner and I, five years ago, we bought a house with Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> yes, five years ago. And now if you go into San Francisco, shops are accepting Bitcoins. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, instead of walking around with uh, currency, we all have, we all have Bitcoin, you know, cards and, and digital assets. Yeah, it became kind of like uh, already year after year, kind of like a family reunion type of, uh, of topic, you know, uh, everybody's yeah. trying to get to it. So I think Bitcoin really had become mainstream, but I think from an investment banking perspective, like you said, uh, it's no longer a joke, right? Even though there's still some jokes uh, like Dogecoin, et cetera, et cetera, yes. but it, it's not <laughs> no longer a joke because they see the opportunity there as uh, some saw it earlier than others mm. as kind of like the internet type of revolution of the future of the 10 in 10 years, the 10 future companies will use the internet. In 10 years, the, 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 the top 10 companies will be using Bitcoin or, 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 or blockchain at the very least, a smart right. contract technology. Uh, I think AI is very similar to that as well. 
uh, a lot of people are thinking about that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see this evolution, but for, for people who are trying to get to, uh, you know, navigate the investment side from a professional perspective uh, on the sectors that you're looking at, uh, what, what, are the, what are the challenges that you face, but also the challenges that, that you think are the most important uh, for, for your activity in general, for those who are trying to break into what you do? Uh, what I do in terms of venture capital and, yeah. and, and some of the challenges are, when we talk about challenges, we have to talk about them in, in terms of women, women in okay. venture capital, women as investors, and women as entrepreneurs. Uh, that's the space that, that I inhabit. And I think the challenge is, is just simply moving that needle, getting more funding and venture capital to female entrepreneurs, and we have to see more, more females in venture capital writing checks. Here in Silicon Valley, gosh, uh, maybe four or five years ago, all of a sudden we started seeing a wave of women being promoted to general partners. Yeah. And you know, living here 18 years, I thought, gosh, this is, this is great that it's happening. But uh, I was surprised that it was happening so late. But, but now you can see some of the major investors here in Silicon Valley be their women. And they are helping to diversify the portfolios. And they're showing the, the VC community that, uh, yes, give women the leadership in those VC firms and, and, and trust us to make good business um, investment choices and decisions. So I, I, I saw that you were pretty involved in, in impact and, and this is also why I, I really wanted to, uh, to, to have you on the show and, and speak uh, to you because, uh, you know, following through what you're saying, I think a lot of it comes from encouragement of the people who, who see that you can make it, okay? Um, a lot of it, you know, just, just the, the, the typical uh, idea that whenever you see somebody uh, uh, doing what you thought was impossible, all of a sudden it becomes possible. And so having examples like this uh, of success is basically, uh, stimulating a lot of those who are hesitant still. So, what 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 would be your message for uh, for the newcomers, for the new generation who are going to to follow your your footsteps? What what is the the the, the way you're trying to build, and what would be your message for them um, if you were to speak directly to a crowd like that? My message, uh, Terry, to to women, women in technology, or women in venture capital, or social impact entrepreneurs around the world would be 
there's always room for trailblazers, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and this is what I love about tech and innovation. Tech and innovation welcomes trailblazers. It, it, you know, if we, if we didn't have people like that, uh, our lives wouldn't be impact as they are. You know, I think of uh, Steve Jobs. Gosh, did he revolutionize tech. And I even think of Elon Musk, you know, a great, a great innovator, a great visionary, and, 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 and having an enormous impact on the world. Um, so, so my message would be to the younger generations of, of people, the new generation, the next generation, be a trailblazer. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you 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 spoke about Steve Jobs and uh, and Elon Musk. I think those are people who literally come up saying there is no dream that's uh, bigger that's too big. You know, uh, th there's absolutely not nothing you cannot uh, imagine, like sending a car to the space or anything uh, you can think of. You can basically make and and I think that's. This is one aspect when I think of Elon Musk that I really like. When I think of Steve Jobs, it's, it's more about you do not know, you don't, you don't have to know how the machine works. You have to start with design and really look at how you can solve the problems uh, for people from a practical perspective. They don't want to know how it works. They want to know how to use it. And it has to be as intuitive as possible. Uh, so so I think you know a lot of a lot of the people who are who are going to listen to us right now, like um, they probably are looking at uh, a future that doesn't always look uh, very bright. Okay, I graduated in two thousand nine. It was the financial crisis, and what I wanted to become is a trader. So it was horrible time for me to start my career. Right. Uh, and I see kind of, I have a lot of empathy to the people who are graduating right now because they are graduating in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, it doesn't seem like they see a lot of encouragement out there. Uh, even some of the startup ideas that I'm, that I'm, that I'm listening to, they, they, they're kind of pandemic focused. It's almost like you have this Stockholm syndrome where you're like, well, the pandemic is happening. Let's take advantage of it. But you're still kind of focused on that. Uh, at some point, the the world is gonna is gonna come back to life again, mm -hmm. and then those who will be uh, there to to absorb that uh, energy, I would say, will be the ones lasting long. A lot of booms and busts in crypto that are happening very fast. Yes. Uh, a lot of um, let's say. Even in 2003, when you see the tech bubble that comes all uh, that comes down, and then you know those who, who lasted longer than you know 2000 to 2003, those uh, oh, we have a <laughs> we have the lights coming off. You see, uh, there is always light after the darkness, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so, you have to, you so, have to you have to talk with your hands. <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> so but, but the thing is, just like we see, it, there is moments of darkness, there will be moments of light. 
<laughs> and those who are there to to grasp the light, they, they'll be able to take advantage of it. So, um, you know, I have a lot of empathy to these people uh, who are coming up now, and it's also a good opportunity, wherever you're coming from, in, in what stage in life you are, to kind of question yourself again, okay, what am I going to do next? And there's a lot of uh, frustration in people that when channeled positively, really I have the impression there's a lot of entrepreneurship out there of people being fed up of a system that is not necessarily structured the way they want to and they want to give it a shot and I think in a way that 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 could be a positive uh, you're involved in, in in impact so essentially you're looking at the areas where the investment where the entrepreneurial uh, activities are the are the best bank for the buck i would say mm -hmm. so even from an economic standpoint i see that this makes sense right, right. Um, so what are the areas that you really like uh, at the moment that you think are going to be uh you know uh, leading the way and demonstrating that uh, what was considered as somewhat charity before actually makes business sense well well i think the area that's really exciting is the sustainability clean tech climate you know climate action technology and solution um last night there there was the earth shot prize award um, mm -hmm. which was launched by prince william in the uk and I was watching the, the ceremony and the awards and David Attenberg spoke very eloquently about social impact and, and, and the technology around saving the earth. And, and to carry on with your, your theme of the light, he spoke about the light and he said, these social impact companies in clean tech um, and sustainability space, they are an opt optimism, you know, an optimism that brings light to saving planet Earth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if companies are coming up with solutions for clean water, clean, you know, clean air, if, if they're coming up with social impact solutions that make sure wherever you are in the world, you can have access to blood. Mm. You know, I, I worked with social impact companies this past summer in August. When I first met the founder, you know, Harvard trained medical PhD, uh, MD doctor, and he built this blood global blood solution on demand. And we worked together for eight weeks. In the beginning of the eight weeks, he never thought that he was building a company that would have a global impact. He thought, oh, my, my blood on demand will help people in Sub-Saharan Africa. And I said, no, 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 Dennis. We even have a blood shortage here in America. Mm. People have blood shortages all over the world. 
and mm -hmm. you you've come up with a solution so that no one can be without blood. I said, how how phenomenal is that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you you make me think of two things. One one is a positive thing. One is somewhat of a of a negative, uh, funny thing. Uh, the, the, the positive thing is that, you know, a lot, a lot of people uh, uh, who are not in the entrepreneurial business uh, tend to think that sometimes business is kind of uh, diabolized or that it's all about profit and, and that's all that matters and kind of like the uh, Wall Street, you know, 1980s type of culture. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, when you're in it uh, and you are in it for the greater good, I think that's usually those who are the most successful are those who think in a way so that the bigger the problem to solve, the, the, the bigger the reward you have. So I don't think it's contrary to impact uh, and making money. I think what, what a lot of people fail to realize on both sides, those who want to make money and those who want to make impact, Mm -hmm. uh, is that it doesn't have to be only one of those. It can be both. Uh, you, in fact, the more you try to focus on the impact you're going to make, the more likely you will find solutions that will be rewarded one way or another. And sometimes it's through popularity uh, that is then monetized. Sometimes it's through, uh, through simply there is demand there. So uh, there will be... Uh, they, they will be uh, rewards to that. That's what my father used to think is focus on solving people's problems and then God will reward you, uh, you know, by, by giving you, if not money, at least love. And, 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 and if there's something you can't buy is, is that. So it's actually more valuable. You know, seeing the impact you make is, 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 is much more fulfilling. You know, I know this is kind of like rich talk, but it is more fulfilling than, than, than seeing this. Uh, that, that's kind of like the, the, the one message I'm getting from you. Uh, the other message is uh, talking about blood and talking about women in tech. It makes me think of Teranos. So I wanna, I wanna ask you, you know, what, what do you think of Elizabeth Holmes? You know, I, because the first thought I was like, oh, so this was a role model. And then I kind of feel like all she proved is that you, you can be a fraud uh, no matter your sex, right? You can be a woman or a man, right, and then right. you can be do as good a job, even in a fraud business. So, uh, what what's your uh, because it, it takes a hit on on a lot of people. It shatters some dreams, right? To see mm -hmm. some of your like people that are being exemplified, and then all of a sudden they fall from very high. So, do you have any uh, any comments on this? Uh, I guess the only comment is we're all human. Right. Whether whether we're talking about men or women, uh, we all are human, and you know, I I I I don't know the the you know particulars or the details around Elizabeth, um, so so I, I I don't want to I don't want to make any comments or speculation. Um, Right. Okay. Well, I mean, look, to, to give a caveat to my statements, right? Um, I guess things will, will, will be clearer after there's a court ruling, right? right. So you don't want to, 
you don't want to shoot uh, the person before it's it's judged. So to, exactly. to bring a little bit of a caveat to what I said, but the concept was mm -hmm. that a woman can do as good a job, uh, you know, either way. So, right. <laughs> so, so you do see uh, things out there. Um, okay, so <laughs> moving on. Uh, what, what, what? But, 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 but uh, just, just to, just to be fair, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very rare and exceptional case, a, a situation. Yeah. Uh, and you know every woman executive and leader especially mm -hmm. in tech should not be judged by by you know the happenings and of elizabeth the proxy right 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 because look at cheryl sonberg she's a great woman in tech at facebook mm -hmm. um, and and yes, and then a you know an exceptional role model for women in tech, for women in tech and leadership, uh, so so you know we may have Elizabeth on one hand, but we also have a great role model in Cheryl Sumner. Yeah. Now I always go by the rule of uh, of Lee Kuan Yew, who said, uh, you know, I, I I will not judge a, a person until it's dead, because <laughs> even though even though they can do great things. There's always a way they can somewhat screw it up at the end, and then you know ruin a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it was a it was a, it was a funny but wise comment, right? You you never know what happens, uh, and what it makes me think is that maybe sometimes you have so much pressure to just demonstrate mm -hmm. that you can do uh, great things, mm -hmm. and so that you are you know involved in a in a spiral of 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 you know frustration where you you want to really do more than what you can actually accomplish and maybe that's also some some somewhat the source of the problem right mm -hmm. to, today it feels to me that from the investors i'm meeting myself uh the expectations are so high that you know everybody is like well if you're not turning into a unicorn then i don't want to invest or uh okay but uh, if i put my money on bitcoin then uh, alone, then maybe I'll do much better than if I invest in a company. Uh, and so my answer is always like, yeah, well, I mean, it's true, but those are different products. Those are different risk uh, styles. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and if you really wanna build for the long-term, you're not gonna be able to do 10X uh, uh, forever. You know, if actually if Bitcoin accomplishes its role, uh, it would rather stabilize and then uh, if, if whereas whereas companies are those who who can always uh, innovate themselves you know you see amazon that started with books and then they're pretty much everywhere now i i i think it has really nothing to do it's fair to say nothing to do with book selling anymore uh, so uh, yeah it seems it seems like expectations always also can 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 push uh, people to to wrongdoing uh what, what do you think is the environment today uh, regarding expectations regarding valuations mm -hmm. uh do, do you see uh, uh some sort of reasonable thinkers out there or, or people that you yourself follow or that principles that you follow well well uh i'll, I'll 
speak about evaluation and then principles. Uh, with evaluation, the way we value tech here in Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area is, is not like tech is valued in Europe or tech is valued um, in the Asian region or, or in the Latin and Central America regions. Um, so we, we set a very high standard and bar for, for these valuations. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I, I, I have a little bit of a giggle because people are leaving Silicon Valley and San Francisco Bay because, you know, they feel that it's, that it's too expensive. And so they go to Austin, they go to Chicago, they go to yeah. Boston or New York, or now some, some are even going to, to Miami. But to me, they will not be able to recreate what we have here in Silicon Valley or San, or San Francisco Bay Area. And, and, and so, so that's, that's why the valuation um, is a challenge for entrepreneurs. Because I say, if I'm working with entrepreneurs in Europe, and they may raise pre-seed and, and seed in Europe. And then they say, oh, but I really want to go for the gold ring. I want to yeah. go, you know, I want to be in San Francisco or wherever, Silicon Valley. And it's always a shock to them to discover that they've been undervalued. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, look, what you say is very true. It's always this cloud uh, type of, uh, of phenomena that whenever you see tech growing in one place, then it becomes Silicon Valley. That's pretty much the template that, that Zug is trying to follow with the Crypto Valley, right? Yes. Trying to yes. really cloud the companies in that uh, city in order to, to create that new Crypto Valley, uh, the Silicon Valley 2.0, but you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to challenge this idea too because I think the nature of the business of of, of blockchain and, and and DLT is a lot about decentralization. So it's it's somewhat also about being everywhere and anywhere. Uh, and then I think the the, the the pandemic has accentuated that uh, phenomena of you know it doesn't matter where you are you can uh, you can communicate like we are doing right now um, and you can essentially have a decentralized team a decentralized fundraising a decentralized production uh, and depending on your business you know uh, so so what what do you think is the future do you think there is i mean i also think there is no substitute for meeting in real per in, in person to person right there's definitely no at some point, if it gets serious, you need to meet in person. And there's some things that you can say in person that, or communicate in person that you cannot uh, over, over the web like this. Uh, but do, do you think like we're radically changing uh, the way we work? Do you think it, it, it will go back to being in the same place and this cloud, physical cloud system? Or do you think there's gonna be a decentralized cloud system with 
kind of like, you know, uh, groups, uh, but basically meeting on, 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 on boards or on different, you know, social, uh, social clouds, like different websites and things like that. Do you think, what, what do you think the future is going to look like? I think the future of work has been radically changed with the COVID pandemic. Before people were so comfortable in offices and, you know, sort of working in person, you know, as teams, but the past 18 or 20 months have taught everyone that we actually can be very productive doing remote work, working remotely, and we can create dynamic teams with that, that are performing you know, at a very high level remotely and in the cloud. And I, I see this trend accelerating. I, I, I don't see us going back to pre-COVID days at all. You know, you know, you know what I, 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 I'm from Mexico. So I, uh, I, I was thinking about, uh, you know, opening an office in Tulum and then just staying there because <laughs> if that's, what, that's what's going to happen, right? Uh, I think, you know, we probably will merge to the beach and everybody's going to be working by the beach or the mountain, whatever you prefer, right? And, and the cities are going to be completely empty because uh, who, who wants to live in a city when you talk to other people, they all want to be on vacation. So why not being on vacation and work as well? Um, so I, this is something I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about. So strangely, I think my, my vision is that we probably will go back to person to person, but probably by the beach, right? So we'll all be working on our little computers. And then by now we're going to do, uh, you know, some bonfire and singing Kumbaya, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, around the fire. So I, I, I think that's, that's, that's what I would like to see. Because really, it's kind of sad. Like the last year and a half uh, has, has been a big shock for for the mental state of a lot of people. Uh, you know, <laughs> I call it the honk world or clown world because uh, you know it's, it, it's just it's either you laugh about it and you try to move on from it uh, in a laughable manner, uh, because otherwise it gets pretty dark and a lot of people have become some some sort of nihilists, you know, so, um, you know, I just want to see a little bit more joy uh, around me. Uh, the positive side is like this time, you know, I get to see and meet uh, people overseas. I like the concept of uh, virtual coffee, you're just literally having a coffee, but mm -hmm. just across the screen. So, um, no, it's, it's really good to have you with us. Uh, I really appreciate this. Um, can, can we just like uh, follow through on, on the different principles? And, and, and if you can go personally about what really are the principles that help you throughout your life, throughout what you're doing now uh, that you would like to share? Yes, yes. Uh, it, what came to mind when you, when you brought up the, the topic of Elizabeth, um, and I thought about, you know, I've been a professional, gosh, now for, for over 40 years. And what has guided me through the 40 years, the past 40 years, 
has, has really been this sense of authenticity. You know, when companies will say, what's your North Star? And, and, and then, you know, the founders will say, this is our North Star and we're building a company on this culture. And, uh, and I've built my entire career and life on authenticity. Mm. And, and I, think, I think that's the, for me, that is the best principle you can have because yeah. you, you show up in, the, in your professional life as the best person you are. You show up in your personal and private life as the best person you are. So, so my, my guiding principle throughout the past 40 years as a professional and hopefully the future years is, is to really be Juliet Marie as her most authentic self. Mm. Yeah, and kind of polish that to the, to the next level every day, right? Because right. I think you, you nailed it on the head where when it comes to finding yourself is probably the first step to, to really going out and finding others. Uh, I have the same uh, principle and, and I can verify it. And it's funny because a lot of people say, well, look, we always try to get in a role and pretend. Right. So, and it, it's true in the work environment, but it's also in the dating life. You're starting dating and you try to be this somebody else, but it, it, it never works when you force things. Uh, you know, the, the, the better approach is to say, look, I'm riddled with defaults, okay, and, and defects, right? But, but at least I am myself and I'm not pretending. Right. And then this is how I met my wife. Uh, you know, it's always when you don't look, when you just relax and then be yourself right. and try to really find, like at the end of the day, we, we subconsciously know like what we want. So it doesn't, it's, it's not about four things, but rather, uh, you know, finding who you are, uh, accepting it, you know, and, and then try to be better towards that way of expressing yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and then eventually you'll find the right one. I think this also helps in the business world uh, and in entrepreneurship because, you know, a lot of people want to quit their jobs to start their own business. And, uh, you know, from far, it looks like a, it looks like, okay, so I'm just going to start my, my own business. But in reality, you better love what you do because you are going to have sleepless nights. You're going to have things that, uh, Clearly, it's not going to be enough to have a prospect of uh, financial uh, uh, reward, uh, because if that's the only thing, it's not going to work out. It's got to be uh, something that if you if you weren't paid for it, you have you would you would still do it. And that's kind of like the benchmark whenever people ask me like, okay, what, I have this business idea. The first thing I say is, look, imagine you will not be paid for it uh, for the next five years. Mm -hmm. Would you still do it? Because you would enjoy the, the hustle, you will enjoy the ride. And, and you will, and you, even if you're not getting paid, you would feel like you fulfilled your life better than if you were in a cubicle. And if that's the case, 
uh, and if obviously you put some brains into it <laughs> so that it becomes uh, economically viable, then go for it. But if you're just doing it for the money, you, you're gonna fail. Uh, so th this is kind of like uh, very true. It resonates a lot with me. Uh, I'm kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel right now with a, with a very great team, uh, both inside and in investors. But the first two, three years were definitely something mm -hmm. uh, that, that really uh, affected me uh, in that sense. Uh, okay, so Juliette Marie, I, I appreciate your authentic uh, being with us. Um, any last words uh, for viewers? I, I guess the last word would be, we, we talked a lot about forward looking and what, you know, what the future trends are and what life would look like and all of that. And, and it just reminds me of uh, a founder I met um, and started a conversation with. And what he has done is he's created what he called outposts. So entrepreneurs can go to, can go to uh, Bali and they can work for three months, six months, however long they want to work in a community of nomad entrepreneurs. And it's a wonderful idea because it just frees you up from this notion, I have to be in an office. I have to be physically in a particular space. And it's that concept of, like you said, we can work on a beach. We can work on a beautiful paradise island. Um, and I think that is where life is taking us. Yeah, so that, that's a very uh, positive note. I think uh, hopefully it will, it will push people to make that, that step uh, and then see where, where it takes us uh, for better or for worse. So thank you again, <laughs> Juliette Marie. Um, I invite everybody to uh, follow uh, this channel. Uh, we'll put some links below uh, regarding what Juliette is up to. Uh, so follow her also on her social medias. Uh, and uh, don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Um, and we'll see you next time. We will stand on principle, or we will not stand at all.